then I hit a point where I dabbled. I went back and I don't know why. I don't even remember why. I think I was just kind of like, like fed up that nobody was listening to me. I was like, what is the point? You know, is there even a point? Does it even matter? You know, it's like, I'm not being heard. So I, I back and then this, and then one day again, I was like, this, this feels horrible. And then I became a vegan and that was it. As a vegan, do you ever feel like you're living in a parallel universe, aware of things that many others don't even seem to notice, let alone acknowledge? I'm Chrissy Benson, host of the Vegan Posse podcast. We talk with vegans from around the globe who, like you, are living lives of integrity and compassion with an eye toward justice through their personal stories. You'll come to see that you're not an outlier. In fact, you're part of an entire posse of individuals who aren't just keeping the peace, they're creating it through their food choices and beyond. You won't be saddling up, but you're in for the ride of your life. Welcome to the Vegan Posse. Hey Posse, this is your host, Chrissy Benson, wishing you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, and every good tidying you can think of. I have two things on my Christmas list this year. First, if you love being part of the Vegan Posse, please like this podcast, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Second, if you haven't yet posted an Amazon review of my novel, Marrying Myself, the anti-romance romance with a vegan twist that's been featured in Veg News Magazine and on our Hen House podcast and Chef AJ Live and raved about by vegan rock stars like Victoria Moran, Dr. Will Tuttle, and Dr. Doug Lyle, please take a minute to post something sweet before the year is out. Together, we can normalize veganism through the arts. Many mystics predict 2024 to be a year of unprecedented awakening. And if we vegans have a head start on anything, it's consciousness. So all the best for the remainder of 2023. And as we head into the new year, more than anything else, know that you are not alone. You've got a posse. Thanks, guys. Now, on to our episode. Today, the Vegan Posse welcomes culinary rock star Rich Reese. SoCal native and longtime vegan Rich Reese started his music career as a professional drummer and concert producer. He went on to become a successful booking agent, working with such artists as Colin Hay, Winona Judd, Michael McDonald, Alan Parsons, Human League, English Beat, Dave Davies, and many more. Rich was the assistant to the music director for President Bill Clinton's Arkansas Ball at the 1997 inauguration, and he later went on to produce a classic rock all-star show that toured North America for nearly three years. In 2006, at the height of his booking career, Rich produced a sold-out 80s show at the legendary Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, featuring the Human League, Psychedelic Furs, and ABC. He later produced a tour called Classic Hits Live, that showcased artists from the 70s era, including Ambrosia, Christopher Cross, Edgar Winter, and Dave Mason. He toured with that show throughout the world for nearly 10 years. It was one of the first Yacht Rock package shows that spawned the genre and has since become a household term. Rich retired from the mainstream music business about eight years ago, and in 2020, he moved to the Nashville area. He's again playing drums, working with several local artists in the conscious music scene. He started a new venture called Conscious Music Nashville 
and is promoting conscious music shows throughout Nashville and surrounding areas. After a number of extended stretches as a vegetarian, Rich became a full-fledged vegan after attending a two-week vegan cooking course at the Vegan Fusion Academy with Chef Mark Reinfeld. He's been vegan now for over a decade and is still cooking pretty much every day. Rich lives just south of Nashville with an epic garden, and he's learned to make old-world-style sourdough bread with an ancient culture from Europe. His vision is to open a vegan cafe and bakery and bring healthy, organic food to his neighborhood. All right. Rich, welcome to the Vegan Posse. You ready Chrissy, for the ride you? of your life? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Hi. How are you? Great. Great. Happy to have you back. As you know, we had, or I had some audio issues the last time we spoke. So you were very kind to offer to re-record. So this is the, an encore presentation, but the first one for our listeners. Okay. And I really hope we can get in all the, all the great music stories that you told last time and maybe a few more. So, um, so our paths crossed here in Tennessee, but you're from the West coast and you're definitely a California kid. So tell us a little bit about life for you growing up. Wow. Well, I grew up in um, Los Angeles. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Grew up in a, uh, a beach town called uh, Redondo Beach. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. My whole my life consisted of uh, surfing and playing the drums. That was my life. Wow. So do you still surf? It's been years. So and I'm the, sure I the water's leave. cold out there, right? Do you have to wear a wetsuit when you surf? Oh, it's chilly, but in the summer, it's you, you know when you live there, you get you're used to it. Yeah, so it, yeah. It's it was fine. Yeah. Right, right. So you're playing drums, and how were you eating? You know, were you giving any thought to the foods that you put in your body or our food system well, in general? Interesting enough, in in uh, I think it was in high school in my eleventh and eleventh grade, I uh, I'd forgotten about this, but my mom reminded me that I came home one day and said, "I'm I'm I'm vegetarian now." So I, I, at a very early age, I, I, uh, I took on that. Wow. That's amazing. So, but you don't remember that? Uh, you know, I vaguely do. I've just been vegetarian for so long, you know, I just kind of, I guess I kind of forgot when it happened. <laughs> right. Right. So what was going on for you at the time? Do you recall if it was, you know, something you'd seen about animals or what was the trigger i don't know i think i will i've always been i've always been i guess what you call an animal empath you know just very drawn to animals and and uh, animals always come up to me and and i've just always had that thing so i think it was just i just think it was just a natural built-in kind of thing just you know i just knew maybe my higher self even back then said you know this is this is the way to eat yeah yeah this is the load i got mm-hmm and how long did that vegetarian stretch last? Well, trying to remember it, it kind of went off and on because, you know, I was, I was around everybody back then, you know, no, I mean, nobody, almost nobody was vegetarian. So, you know, I would get sucked back in his friends were eating, you know, all the pizzas and all the stuff. So I, I kind of went back and forth, but then uh, when I was 22, I, I, you know, officially went vegetarian, like 
for good. And where were you at that time? Were you in college or out of, I guess you would be out of college at 22. Well, I, I quit college three times. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, I think I was out. That was the, I was out at that period. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, um, I was working at, uh, at a T I was actually working on a TV show with uh, Jack Hanna. If you remember him? I remember that name. Yeah. Who was, who was he? What, he what was kind of stuff the, did he do? Well, he was a guy who he was, an, he had a magazine and a, and a, a, a TV show called zoo life with Jack Hanna. Oh, yeah. So I got a job working with out of, out of UCLA. I got a job working with, with that TV show. And I was around animals a lot. And I was just like sitting there one day, you know, working on this show and I was around all these animals. I'm like, what am I doing? And I I literally put the food I had in my hand in the trash. And I was like, I'm I'm done with eating animals, you know? Wow. And I'm guessing that just from the name of the show, the animals you were around were animals in a zoo? Not not always. No, some of them were. A lot of them were on... on, um, like wildlife refuges, people, people that had uh, started, I guess they had adopted uh, wild animals that were uh, in need of, you know, of homes. A lot of people tried to raise tigers and things in their homes and it didn't work out. So, you know, one of the people was Tippi Hedren, the actress, uh, Melanie Griffith's mother. She had taken on all these stray cats, you know, tigers and cougars and started a, a refuge. I guess that's what you'd call it. Um, and a lot a lot of the shooting we did was in places like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So a few zoos, but not it was it was weird. Yeah, it wasn't really about zoos. Uh-huh. And was Jack himself a vegetarian? Like, did you ever talk to him about this change that you made? You know, I can't I can't remember. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what happened from there? Um, did you stay vegetarian continuously from that point, or were there some some gaps? Yeah, I was a vegetarian very strictly for ten years. Um, let's see. Then I hit a point where I dabbled. I went back, and I don't know why. I don't even remember why. I think I was just kind of like like fed up that nobody was listening to me. Nobody was. I was like, what is the point? You know, is there even a point? Does it even matter? You know, it's like, I'm not being heard. And so I, I, I went back and then as, and then one day again, I was like, this, this feels horrible. And then I became a vegan and that was it. I have stayed. Wow. Wow. And meanwhile, what were you doing professionally? You'd gone into the music business at that point. So what yeah. was, what was happening in that world? Well, I went into the music business at a really young age, my early twenties. I, I was playing. I've I've always played drums. I started playing drums when I was about eleven, in lots of different rock bands and with different artists. And uh, I got a job when I was twenty-four with uh, a producer named David Pack, who was the lead singer of a band called Ambrosia from the seventies and eighties. And he took me under his wing, and gave me a job, and and. Uh, that's what kicked off my music career, basically. I mean, that kind of sounds like every teenage boy's dream. <laughs> it, it, it was a dream because literally after getting this job the next day, I'm I'm on the phone with Phil Collins. 
my I met, I met Michael McDonald right away and all these all these people, Kenny Loggins and all and all these people that my mom had listened to when I was growing up. I was like, wow, I'm in the room with these people and they know who I am. That's so super cool. Yeah. What what kind of music um did you like or do you like in general? Well, I've always grown up, I was always a rock and roll fan. So I started on the Led Zeppelin and the Stones and Fleetwood Mac and all the classics. The Beatles, of course, I think started my whole music appreciation when I was very young. And so within the music world, what kind of stuff were you doing? Were you recording or, you know, like helping with the wow. prep or, you know, I, I, I know a little bit about that world, but not a ton. So explain to me what your life was like. Well, the job I had gotten was being his, uh, I guess you'd say his personal assistant, his right-hand man, you know, coordinator. So he taught me the business side because I, I was just a struggling musician, you know, a struggling drummer, artist. And he taught me the business side. And, and that sounds huge because a lot of people, I think, go a long time without learning the business side. Oh, it's very true. I mean... I didn't know anything about it. So he taught me everything about the managers and agents and record labels and, you know, just every facet of recording. I was in the recording studio for two years, basically uh, from 24 to 26. Like we worked on a, uh, we worked on a remake of West Side Story, a modern version of West Side Story. So, you know, we had Phil Collins and Aretha Franklin and all these amazing artists and I'm just like this young kid right there in the middle of it, you know, learning everything I could. Right, right. And and throughout this, you were vegetarian, correct? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So how was that, you know, being the only vegetarian in the room or had a few other people, you know, found that path as well? I'd met a few other people, you know, when you're around artists, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, they're, they're quirky and and unique and there were there were a few vegetarians in that in that group so i did i did meet i did meet a few mm -hmm. which was really cool and uh you know you eat together <laughs> right right and and the music part or the music business part like was it was it fun was it stressful was it kind of what you'd imagined as a kid wow well it was really fun i worked you know like seven days a week 10 to 12 hours a day. I mean, I, he, I mean, he really worked me hard and, uh, but it was, it was great. It was, it was, I was busy and it was fun. And, and I, and I was still playing drums with my bands. And so like, I was, I was, you know, working all day playing at night. And this was still in California or where were you at this point? Yeah, I was in Los Angeles. In yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was in LA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So where did, where did things go from there? Uh, see from there, um, I guess around the age of 30, I kind of came to a crossroads where I had to make a decision, keep, keep trying to become a, you know, famous rock star drummer, <laughs> which was my dream since I was a kid or, you know, get more into the business side, which I really was learning and start a career on that side. So I started a booking agency. Wow. That sounds, yeah, that definitely sounds like a big decision. And my first band was Ambrosia. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. a great, that's a pretty impressive first client. 
it, it was great. And then from there, I started meeting a lot of other, well, I'd known a lot of artists. A lot of classic artists were not happy with their agents. So they would say, hey, Rich, why don't, why don't, why don't you give it, give it a go? You know, let's see, you know, I was still pretty young. I was only 30 and uh, they, they trusted me and I started meeting all these different artists and I, I created a roster. And uh, I think the second act I signed was Colin Hay from Men at Work. Wow. <laughs> I had lunch with him one day, met him by, from a mutual friend and he was struggling. He, you know, had all this success and he's like, I don't know what to do. I, I, I can't even get a, a gig at a bar. This was after he'd gone solo, after Men at Work had kind of um, disbanded? Yeah, yeah this okay. was in 1998. And okay. uh, just sitting at home and he's like, he's like, I need something to do after breakfast, basically. I have nothing to do. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, I was really young. He trusted me. And he's like, you know, you want to give it a shot? You want to book some shows and see if we, oh, we... And then, you know, 10 years on the road with Colin Hay. Wow. So tell me, I mean, tell me what that initial experience was like. Like, where did you even start <laughs> in, wow. you know, lining up gigs? I, I'm assuming a bookie, booking agent reaches out to venues and re yes. reaches out to stadiums and arenas and smaller clubs and, you know, yeah. figures out a tour plan. Is that <laughs> am I in the vicinity of what that role yeah. actually is? Well, in 1998, I basically had to pick up the phone and uh call i i got a directory of, of of venues and i started cold calling you know hey uh you know you remember this guy calling hey from men at work and they're like oh yeah kind of yeah <laughs> uh, cool we're trying to you know put a tour together all right we'll, we'll give you 500 bucks <laughs> you know? so that's kind of where it started you know wow wow and like what was i'm just curious about your confidence level at that point were you pretty just like you know mm. ignorant enough to just be super bold or were you kind of nervous and intimidated like what was your you oh, know man. mental framework i was nervous as hell i was scared but but uh, I didn't know any any other way. You just gotta you just gotta call and 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 try to break through. Yeah, good enough. You know, you get better at it, mm -hmm. and uh, the the word gets out. And I just went out as much as I could. I I went out on tour as a tour manager for uh, Dave Davies from the Kinks and Jim Messina, Alan Parsons, a few few people that I knew. And from there, as the tour manager, I would meet the the bookers of the venues and I would uh, get to, you know, get to know them, give them my number and say, yeah, I'm becoming an agent. Can I talk to you about some gigs? You know, when I start booking, and they're like, of course. So that's really how it, how it, how it happens. Word of mouth and uh, just meeting people, meeting them mostly in person. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's really different today, the whole process. I, I think it is. I think today it's a lot more corporate. Back then it was the the good old boy club and a handshake deal. Wow. Wow. It's gone now, unfortunately. Wow. And and so what's it like? What was it like working with these famous artists? Were you intimidated? Like Colin Hay, for instance. You know, was it was it weird to hanging out with him? At first it was. I mean, I went out on the road with him and he and I just he and I would would we'd rent a car and we would do the whole tour just the two of us in a rental car. 
and sitting there, I'm driving and he's in the passenger seat and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, my God, I'm in the car with, you know, this guy headlined at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Sold 30 million albums, my God. And so it took a little while, but after, but after a while it was like, yeah, these are just, you know, these are my, 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 my friends and who I work with. And it became uh-huh. very normal. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, you know, when you started working with him in the first place and he was sharing with you that he was having a tough time lining up gigs, did that kind of make you second guess the music business in general? You know, that this really oh, yeah. phenomenally successful performer you know certainly couldn't get you know a return phone call like i mean yeah i'm sitting here with a guy that sold literally 30 million records and and he can't get a, a call back and i'm i'm still trying to get a record deal i'm like oh this is I, and i really had to think about it i'm like i am i am i think i'm better suited to go the business route and uh, it was the right decision I, at the time you know i i created a very successful agency Yeah, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, and what was the learning curve like, you know, because you said you you learned a lot about the music business, but that's different from putting it into action with your own company. Yeah, I mean, I just had to learn. I just had to, I just had to learn by trial and error. You know, I just, I just (laughs) made a lot of mistakes. Wow. Beginning. But I learned from them and I just got better and better and more confident. And uh, it kind of, I felt like I was kind of a natural at it. Uh-huh. Negotiating. Yeah. Good at negotiating. And that's, that's, uh, that's what you got to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what does it take to be good at negotiating? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you have to really believe in what you're doing and believe in your artist and be and be confident that uh, they are they are worth it you're selling something you know you're selling something to a venue that you know you have to convince them they need you yeah you have a knack for it Uh uh-huh uh-huh and it sounds like you must have truly believed in the people you were representing i really did yeah i did and i grew up listening to them and i was just thrilled to to actually be a part of it yeah yeah so what was colin hay like <laughs> colin hay uh you know we had good times and bad times <laughs> well you spent uh, a long time together right wasn't it like decades it was like, it was like a marriage and at the end it was time to divorce <laughs> okay okay wow yeah, yeah. We, we we quit work we stopped working together in 2008 believe it was okay uh-huh it's just time time to move on mm-hmm. yeah yeah those i i can only imagine the stages that relationships like that must go through you know even in the business realm and i think i shared with you i saw that documentary about colin hay you know in his solo career mm-hmm. yes 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 they <laughs> called me they called me to interview me for that but i uh I, I declined. <laughs> I and you, and you still have no regrets about declining that offer. It just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It wasn't okay. Okay. Too much, too much. I just, it, yeah. 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 Was, not, not time to look back for yeah. focus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. 
And so as I understand it, your multifaceted career even took you to Hollywood at one point and you were in a feature film. Is that right? It's true. I did a, I did a bit of acting. So I was in a feature film called Redwood Highway. We shot in Oregon, in Southern Oregon. Cool. Cool. What was acting like? Uh, it was, it was pretty fun. It was fun. Again, I, I, you know, all of a sudden I'm in a, I'm in a movie with, uh, you know, actors that I've seen in movies. So it was like, yeah. was, one of them, I was saying, man, I'm really nervous. I don't think I can do this. And he looked at me and said, yeah, I'm nervous too. He's like, nobody, nobody knows what they're doing. You just got to do it. Um, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that nervousness, I think that's true in literally every profession, every venue, no matter what it is, that's, you know, if it's something that's worth doing, people are going to have some fear about doing it well or doing it right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's something that I'm kind of <laughs> reconciling myself to just in general. Um, so throughout all this time, tell me what was going on and in, like inside you, number one, like regarding your own creativity and your own love of music and also your, your vegan journey. Yeah. Well, I've, I've never gave up my love for playing music. You know, I've been, I've been, I've played piano and drums since I was really young and I just kind of thought, I'll, I'll go back to it someday. I'll go back and play again um, later. So I, you know, that was always a bit of a struggle for me because I wanted to be, I was around, everyone I was around was on stage and, and, and having fun and playing these big shows that I was booking and, so there was some conflict there. I really wanted to be back in it, but uh, just wasn't the time at that time. But, uh, and the veganism, um, just something I deeply, deeply have always believed in. And that, uh, once that clicked over, there was no going back for me. It felt, it, it just felt great. Yeah, so when, when did you click over? How did that uh, shift happen from vegetarian to vegan? You know, just again, just uh, getting the download, like um, you know better than this, you know, you, you, you're, 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 you know, that you know that being a vegan is the right thing. Oh, so and you did know, cause like for me, I had a similar path in that I was vegetarian for a long time, but I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know about veganism, really about the food industry or factory farming or anything. So when did you discover those components of, you know, what we're dealing with in the food I system? I discovered that I started discovering that pretty early on in the early nineties, you know, and uh, it, 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 a girlfriend I had, you know, educated me to all of that. <laughs> we girlfriends are good at that. <laughs> So I, I knew, I knew a lot of what was going on and I started watching the movies and, and I was like, wow, this is intense. Um, yeah, so, so that, that, that uh, something I knew. And then, you know, one evening I was on tour and, and when, when, you know, when I was thinking, God, I really, I really know better than this. I need, I should be, be vegan. I, I turned on my computer, an ad came up for a vegan cooking class with a chef called Mike, Mark Reinfeld clicked on it and there was a class coming up in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I think I need to take this. It was a two week vegan chef's immersion in Portland, Oregon. And I was living in Southern Oregon at the time. I'm like, I, I, I should do this. 
just a, a message from the divine, I think. Yeah. Signed yeah. Up without hesitating, took the class. Mark and I hit it off immediately, became instant friends. And I was like, yep, that's the validation that I needed. I am, I am a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. In some ways, I know for myself and for a lot of people, it really does feel like coming home. You know, it's like, oh, we finally figured out what we have been all this time. <laughs> we just didn't know the word. Yeah. Um, so what'd you, what'd you learn in that cooking class and what was the experience like? Well, let's see. It was, it was really fun. It was great. Um, I already knew how to cook. I taught myself how to cook, you know, years earlier. And I went to, I did, I did some French cooking classes earlier in my life. And wow. So that, I mean, that in itself is unusual because so many men, you know, go their whole lives without learning to cook. I, I fell in love with cooking when I was like, 13 or 14. Really? Yeah, so I've always done it. Wow. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. You're definitely kind of a Renaissance guy. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just love it. It felt right. And uh, I, yeah, so I already, he knew that I, I already knew how to cook. Um, but I learned, you know, I just learned uh, food combination, some food combination stuff and, and uh, presentation and, and I said, oh, wow. You know, that's an interesting way to bake tofu. That's, that's, that's a great idea. You know, just, I, I got some great uh -huh. ideas and uh, it felt just great being around other aspiring vegan chefs. And it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. Were you considering, you know, becoming a professional chef? Yes, I was. And I so still what happened? Yeah. What happened with those plans? I, I still, want, I still want to do it. I want to open it. Really? Someday, yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Did you say you wanted to open a cafe or a coffee shop? Uh, I'd like to do a cafe bakery, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sounds cool. In fact, when I lived in New York City for a couple of years, I was seriously considering opening a vegan coffee shop because there are very few vegan coffee shops and I just love coffee shops. So I, I looked into that pretty, pretty seriously um, for a little while there. I even had like a, a business advisor through a program wow. called score where they mentor, you know, these successful retired um, business people, mentor entrepreneurs and um, yeah. So, well, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like, are you, are you exploring that now here in Nashville? Well, I'm always, I'm always putting ideas down Uh huh. and, uh, it's always on my, the back of my mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Should I try this? You know, I'd love to have a place with also where, where, where I could have musicians perform. Right. Right. It would bring a lot of different interests together. It sounds like. It would. And then people may be on book tours promoting, you know, like, like my friend Mark, you know, if he's like out promoting a new book, he could come and speak. And I'd love, I'd love to have events and and just wonderful food and and drinks and all organic and wonderful. So yeah, it's it's on my mind. Yeah, yeah. I live, I live a little south of Nashville, so I was looking looking around. I look around. I look around for spaces. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's that's really cool. Um, so with this cooking class that you did with Mark Reinfeld, who, who, as you know, has been on the show, I just 
aired my interview with him a couple of weeks ago on the show and, and such a great guy. I've enjoyed his cooking for years at vegan summer fest, which I know you've attended as well. Um, he's amazing. And his personal story was just so, so sweet and so cool and so diverse. Um, so after that cooking class, you know, how did it, how did it change you? And like, where did you go from there? Oh, it just really, really inspired me to, to go deeper, um, to spread the word really. I, I, so, so I, I work, I work on spreading that word by cooking great meals for friends and, and, and people that are like, wow, this is, this is vegan. Oh my God. And I know I've inspired a lot of people and I've actually converted a few people. One of them is my mother. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. When did that conversion happen? She went vegan in 2017. I, I, I took her to vegan fest or is it called veg fest? Vegan fest? summer yeah. fest. Summer summer fest. fest. Yeah. Uh, Johnstown, Ohio. Or I mean, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she got the, she got the message and, and uh, I mean, and I think I shared this with you, but I I'm super jealous of that experience because I was planning to have the very same experience with my mom. <laughs> we had tickets to go to vegan summer fest in 2020. And then of course the world shut down and summer fest didn't happen that year or the following year. And then by the year after that, she, she lost patience. So my mom's conversion is still pending, <laughs> but I'm yeah. hopeful that it will happen. Well, that's cool. How has the journey been for your mom? Uh, yeah, she, she loves it and she's a great cook. And so she's just, it's just opened up her whole, um, you know, a whole new universe of cooking for her. And she just, she's so, she still is excited. She makes all these great you know, plant-based dishes for her friends and for, for everyone. She loves it. She, and she converted her boyfriend. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I love it. I love it. And that's, that's the best way and kind of the most positive way to convert people is just getting them eating delicious food that feels good in your body. <laughs> and there's no sacrifice. <laughs> there's no sacrifice on anyone's end. So has that been kind of a bonding experience for you and your mom? this shared vegan journey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. We share recipes and, and uh, it's just, uh, it makes it really easy when, when uh, I'm visiting or she's visiting. Totally, totally. And I forget, do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, I have a sister and I have a niece and my niece kind of goes, she dabbles. She, she eats a lot of plant-based food. Uh-huh. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's very that's very cool. Um, so what's what's going on with you in terms of music these days? Well, music. I have uh, I have retired from the music business side. <laughs> My uh, closed the agency and have moved on from that, and I'm playing drums again. That's awesome. How does that feel? It feels great. It feels great. I'm playing with a few different people around Nashville, and uh, just practicing a lot and getting my chops back yeah producing some shows that's exciting yeah what's it what's it like being back in that world did you did you take a step away from the music world in general for a while uh, i guess you'd say i took a little sabbatical took a little break when i moved here in 2020 um took some time to myself just to regroup and 
see see where see where I you know where it takes me and just felt right. I met a friend at a at a gathering, and she she's a friend now. She wasn't at the time, but she she's an artist uh, named Gracie uh, Calvanesso. She came up to me and said, "You need to be playing music." And I was like, "You don't even know me. What are you talking about?" She's like, Do you, "Are you a musician?" I said. I used to be, I used to be a drummer. She's like, you're still a musician. You need to play. And then she made me do a show with her. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. So, I mean, what kind of gathering and what, what made her just have this intuition about you? It was a, it was a gathering called uh, a group of <laughs> the, the star seeds. And I think, you know, I actually, I met you through Molly who's uh, involved with that group. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, of course. I know. I know our friend Molly, um, but I don't remember that group in particular. That sounds uh, intriguing. <laughs> it's, you know, a bunch of uh, really cool, high vibrational uh, beings <laughs> who get together and we just, and I got invited to this summer party in the summer of uh, July of 21. And I was just like, wow, these people are amazing. Everyone's an artist and creative and healers and musicians and and yeah, literally, she just walked up to me. She's like, I'm very intuitive. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you need to play. And I've got a show coming up. And you're going to play with me. Wow. Wow. It's I mean, what was your reaction at the time? It's like, no, no, I'm not. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't, I don't play anymore. And she's like, yes, you're going to play. So I did the show with her in Nashville. <laughs> And that started me back on this path. And then I got asked to play with other people. And I think I met you uh, at, a, at a gig, actually, that I was playing in. Uh, yes, yes. And it was just a few weeks after I'd gotten back from Summerfest. <laughs> so that the timing was kind of uncanny because yeah. I had chatted with Mark Reinfeld at Summerfest. <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember this, but he says that when we were at Summerfest, he asked me, if I know, <laughs> know his buddy, Rich, <laughs> who lives, you know, in the Nashville area. And at the time I did not, but then a few weeks later, um, I did. <laughs> I know. I yeah. Know. Yeah. So stars, stars were aligning. I guess you planted some star seeds <laughs> at that, at that previous event and they uh, yielded their results <laughs> when you and I crossed paths. Um, so to backtrack a little bit, what brought you to Tennessee from uh, California or California or was it Oregon where you'd been living? Uh, I, I had moved from LA to Ashland, Oregon. Okay. In 2010. Uh-huh. Uh, this little cool little village town. I this little Bohemian village town I discovered when I was on tour with Colin Hay, actually. And I th I thought, man, this would be a good place to live. So I had made the move and I was there for 10 years and then it was just feeling during the, uh, during the uh, lockdowns or whatever, it was, I was just feeling real claustrophobic. And I'm like, I need to go somewhere, somewhere else, try to start something new. And I don't want to be somewhere where, you know, sovereignty and freedom is valued. And, and uh, it just, I got, I've got friends in Tennessee. I think I'm going to go check it out. And I drove out here to visit and I stayed. <laughs> I mean, there must be a little more to the story. <laughs> <laughs> I 
just, uh, just, I, I just, uh, what, what else, what else can I say? Um, Oregon just didn't align. It didn't align with my, uh, my belief system anymore, you know? And how, yeah, how was that for you? Just, you know, again, for me, I think you and I share the perspective that veganism is, is like you said, about sovereignty and, and freedom and autonomy. And then, of course, you know, in the past few years, there's been a strange lack of uh, overlap between people who care about freedom for non-human animals, but um, don't seem to object to the abridgment of human freedom in some ways. So what what was that like for you kind of dealing with that dichotomy back there in Oregon? It was, it was, it was, it was uh, <laughs> very, very um, obvious when, when, uh, when the, uh, when the pandemic came in. <laughs> It's very obvious that uh that, that uh, I wasn't aligning with with uh, uh should, I don't even know how to put this I wasn't aligning with with uh, where people were going you know um, and and it just did not feel it did not feel like I was living in a free environment there you know it felt it felt very suffocating and and uh, authoritarian. And it did not, it did not align with, with, with me at all. And I, I had to get out. I mean, that, that sounds hard, obviously. Was that, I mean, was that kind of difficult? Yeah. Yeah. I love my yeah. home and I thought I had a community, but I, but actually I, I realized that I did not have a community. Yeah. yeah. I became the odd man out pretty quick. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, was there, was there anybody who was on a similar page that you knew there? One person. <laughs> One person? Who was also a vegan. Interesting. For, for, okay. Yeah. It, and uh, she felt the same way. And so, so yeah, it, it, it wasn't just me, but, but uh, it was weird. It was like being in a, it was like being in a group that were, where everyone had been hypnotized all of a sudden. Mm. Mm. What's going on here? Yeah. And like, have you been able to make any sense of that? And I'm I'm asking because I'm I'm still trying to make sense of it all. So I'm curious if you, you know, had any insights about what was happening. Yeah, I, I really I still really don't understand why so many people are under that spell, you know? I that I don't understand at all. Why they're so willing to to hand over their freedom on silver platter to the government or whoever, you know? that I, I i really don't understand it's just a ma i guess it's just a massive psychosis that's happening yeah and and in the music world especially I, it seems that's like that <laughs> that's run rampant which you know all, all these rock star rebels suddenly <laughs> weren't so rebellious well i thought they were rebels i thought there's no way that, that my heroes in the rock and roll industry are gonna are gonna put up with this and then I was completely, completely gobsmacked. Like, wow, everybody's everybody's on board with this. Everyone that I admired and looked up to was like, oh my God. So disillusioning. I was so heartbroken. I couldn't believe it. Like we all got into this business because we were rebels, to be rebellious. So it didn't set well with me at all. 
Yeah. What about what about Colin Hay? <laughs> I have no idea where he stands on any of it. That's funny. Okay, so you guys have been out so of I, touch. You part. You really is. parted ways. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean, it it does sound. It, yeah, it does sound hard. I mean, I guess that's how most relationships go in life is, you know, most relationships don't last a lifetime, whether romantic or friendship or business. Um, but in that business realm, in the music industry, when you're sharing these creative pursuits and going so deep with people and just sharing so much, that sounds, I'm just kind of imagining what that must have felt like. And it does sound hard. <laughs> felt like a betrayal to be honest i was really yeah. really heartbroken yeah but at the same time um you know i was looking i i needed to to be around people with a vibrational match you know and, and it was pretty obvious that these people were not meant to stay in my life and we were on a different frequency now and it was kind of kind of time for them to our paths to uh, dissolve and fall away. And, and uh, coming out here, I've met an amazing new group of people, you know, like a new tribe that I absolutely resonate with. And we share this, we share the frequency. And I was like, yes, okay. So, you know, what's meant to be happens, you know, in this you know, in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how things end up sort of playing out and <laughs> aligning or just falling away. What was it you liked about Tennessee when you first came here? Well, I first came here in uh, February of 2000. I'm sorry, February of 96. Wow. <laughs> came out here to work with Winona Judd. And uh, the producer I was working with, uh, he got hired to produce an album. And so I got to come along as the, as the, coordinator the assistant so it was kind of a small town back then um but i loved it and i thought wow you know maybe someday maybe someday this is where i'll live and many years went by and in 2020 it kind of came up again i was like hmm, nashville tennessee yeah might, 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 might be an interesting place to go and, and and a lot of the people that i were you know that i knew and were in contact with were moving here Mm. For the same reason so i'm like wow <laughs> i maybe maybe we could do, maybe we could start a whole new community of of uh, ex-californians <laughs> in the music biz and that's kind of what's happened for me interesting interesting so you came here just on a vacation or what was the plan i packed up i actually sold my house uh around around uh christmas of 2020 i just i just said called my real estate, real estate guy I knew I said just sell it just sell it and I sold everything I owned wow everything except what would fit in my SUV I sold everything so I'm like wow I'm homeless all right cool I'm homeless all right I'm gonna go visit some musicians in Nashville they said I could stay with them for a few weeks they were like they're like family to me so I, I was like I'm gonna go do it I'm gonna just drive out there and then uh, one day I'm driving around. I see a house I like in the country. I made an offer. They took it. And here I am. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Because I know I've been in the house hunting game a little bit here and there in my time in Nashville. And it's been, you know, 
months and nothing working out. And so for you to see a house and make an offer and have it come through definitely is extraordinary. <laughs> and so you're, how are you, how are you settling in, you know, where you are in, in kind of country? It's great. You know, I'm only like 45 minutes from the city and, and I'm on three, I have three acres and it, I have a huge, massive garden. I've taught myself how to grow vegetables and it's wonderful. It's and really I've, I've tasted some of your vegetables and <laughs> highly recommend them. They're fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love it. I love gardening. It's my, it's my uh, new favorite hobby. Um, and so, yeah. So what are you doing in the conscious music world? Conscious music. That's, that's a, that's a interesting <laughs> bring that up. That's a term that I learned. <laughs> past year. Um, I'm me too, to... me too, for that matter. So why don't you talk a little bit about what it is and, and how you first encountered the whole concept? Uh, well, a lot of the musicians that I was meeting through this Starseed group had called themselves conscious artists. And I'm like, wow, conscious artists. That's interesting. <laughs> Maybe this is something I should uh, be a part of. And so I, along with a friend of mine named Sean Galloway, uh, who's a, a conscious artist we produced a conscious music concert conscious music night and we did our first show in what was it in october and it was fantastic i can i can testify Thank <laughs> really you. really great night we just put together a script and we got uh we had a house band that i got to play drums in and we had some five different guest artists and we just put this show together, you know, by the seat of our pants. <laughs> you know, we didn't know, really know what we were doing. And we, my friend has owns a theater in Brentwood. So he let us do the show there and uh, it ended up doing great. We had a great night. Um, And I'm curious, like in this conscious music world, what's the intersection with veganism? Are most of these people vegan or what's their, you know, perspective on food? I think that that there are quite a few vegans in the group and and pretty much everyone I've spoken to uh, um, is very conscious of their diet as as part of being conscious you know that that's a big part of it so even the even the ones that aren't vegan um, I believe that they're aware of what's going on with the animals and the planet but just haven't made the move yet <laughs> but I think uh, they will make the move. I think as the vibrations get higher and, and we kind of go on to the new earth timeline, I think, I think, I think there's going to be a lot more, a lot more uh, people crossing into the plant-based lifestyle. I hope, I hope so. I hope so. And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree, but I just know that for me personally, I can often get especially frustrated with people who, you know, are attuned and conscious in a lot of ways, but seem to have this big blind spot when it comes to the animals in our food system. Do you ever experience that, you know, yeah. feeling? Yeah, I do. But I just, I just kind of, I used to get kind of angry about that. <laughs> I used to, but now I just kind of, I'm just hoping that, that, that the more that these people wake up, they, they, they will make the connection and get the download. Maybe they just haven't haven't gotten it yet 
Right, right. What do you think the blocks are, you know, for some of these people who haven't looked at that aspect yet? Well, it's pretty ingrained in our in our in our society, isn't it? From from birth, I mean, we're we're ingrained in that system, you know. That it, 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 uh, that's just the right the the thing to do: eat meat, and and uh, we're supposed to eat meat, and uh, for health and and all these reasons. And humans eat meat, and it's just it's just so ingrained in us. And I mean, I mean, I was a victim. I I fell for it too, you know. Sure. Even- yeah, we all did. We're we're trained into it. We're indoctrinated and conditioned, you know, three times a day to sit down and not ask questions and just, right. you know, eat what's on our plate. Yeah. So being vegan is pretty radical for, for a lot of people. Yeah. You yeah. know, until you try it. And then obviously when you, once you pass a certain point, I think it clicks and you're like, oh yeah. Right. Right. So has it ever been challenging for you? You know, the process of going vegan, like, cause you make it sound like it was all a pretty organic, natural process, but what, what were some of the low points or the was, most challenging parts? It wasn't. Once I decided to do it, I did it. And that was it. And I, it wasn't challenging. Even yeah. Like everyone, everyone is so adamant about their cheese and it's like it's like a it's like worse than a drug addiction it's like i can't give up cheese yeah yeah yeah, you can if you if you knew exactly what was you know (laughs) how they made it and 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 what's in it yeah you, you i think you might give it up right right not to mention we are living in the age of vegan cheese like quality you know traditionally made vegan cheese so if cheese was ever an obstacle now is now is the best time to be to be vegan Uh um but tell me like you mentioned that you know kind of that bottom you had as a vegetarian where you felt like nobody's paying attention nobody's listening why am i even bothering has have you ever like experienced that sort of feeling as a vegan uh yeah i have i've definitely i've definitely um felt very there's been times going out to dinner and stuff where you feel very isolated and alone and 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 everyone knows you're you know that you're plant-based and 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 how you feel about it but yet they're still ordering all this meat and stuff and, and it's like i felt disrespected i felt angry it's like, what, is there a point? Why am I doing this? And then, and then, and then, um, and then I remember, you know, that I'm, I am, I am doing. It's the right, you know, I think it's the right thing to do, and I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I've got to stop getting angry at people, and hopefully they'll, you know, after being around me enough, they'll, they'll, they'll get the download. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I don't know. Hearing you talking about it, it strikes me that with so many people not making that connection and, you know, continuing to consume, you know, these so-called foods that are really just the products of torture and suffering, like all the more reason for us to be, you know, vegan and eating vegan, because somebody has to be on the, you know, cutting edge of that consciousness. Like somebody's got to do it, you know, if, Gotta do it. Most people aren't doing it, then the responsibility is with us, you know. It's hard. It's a hard job, as you know. I, you know, everybody's, uh, everybody's, you know, fighting back against 
uh, everybody's talking about slavery, but they don't realize that they're partaking in slavery by eating animals. I know it, it's such a weird, like, especially these past few years, it's such a strange intersection of issues and a lot of the causes that I would assume would have aligned don't align. And, you know, for instance, a lot of people who care about human freedom are staunchly anti-vegan, you know, because they, you know, they claim that Bill Gates is trying to take away our meat and it's, it, things get so complicated and it's, it's so interesting. Like, what's it like for you just navigating this crazy mix of, you know, agendas on a daily basis? Oh yeah. It's, it's infuriating. I have to stop. I have to stop watching news and things like that. Um, but I, I also, I, I also, I'm around more vegans now mm -hmm. and, uh, I cook every meal. I really don't go out to dinner anymore, out to food much. So it's, it, it's, it's getting easier for me because I'm not, I guess yeah. I'm not around it as much. Yeah. 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 Similar yeah. for me. I have a lot of vegan friends. My, you know, my closest friends are vegan wow. and yeah, same as you, I cook for myself. And also, I guess just the way you put it is, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do. So end of story, you know, it's not that complicated. complicated. And, I, and, and the people I know that aren't vegan are, are more respectful around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm just trying to be hopeful that people will eventually see it's, it's like the way to go, you know, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And again, even if they don't like all the more reason for the people who do make that connection to be, you yeah. know, doing what we can to move things in that direction. And obviously you're just by cooking delicious food and growing plants in your garden um, that tastes good. I mean, that, that probably does more than all the impassioned activism, you know, can do. Um, I wanted, I want to hear a little bit about your health journey, like this, this whole time, you know, that you were vegetarian and into veganism, like what, what has your health been like just over your lifespan is, has that been a motivating factor or is that kind of a separate piece of things for you? Yeah, I've always I've always been lucky to have great health. I've always had very good health. Um, I didn't really. I guess uh, in my late twenties, you know, I was vegetarian, but I was eating. I think I was eating too much of the, uh, <laughs> like maybe too much of the pastas and things like that. So so I gained a lot of weight. Um, now my diet is is very very like finely tuned. I've got it's. I know exactly what to eat now and, 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 uh, and, and I'm healthier and in better shape now than I was in my twenties, you know? So, so it's been really good for my health. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I can say the same in fact. Yeah. Which is, which is a nice feeling. And I forget how unusual that is for most, yeah. for most people. Yeah. Um, no, so did you try, I'm sorry, go ahead. You say it takes a little effort to learn how to eat. Yeah. Once dial it in. Oh, yeah. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, along that line, did you try any particular, you know, food 
like approaches to being vegan or, you know, did you ever do like raw or, you know, I don't know what some of the other, (laughs) you know, other specific options were, but what, what has been your path in terms of figuring out what to eat? Well, actually the first thing I did do was, uh, when I moved to Ashland, that's when I decided, yeah, I'm going to give this a go 2010. And I, I, I bought a raw vegan book and that's the first, that was, that's the first thing I tried. So I went raw vegan for, I don't know, for six or eight months. Oh, wow. Long time. I was recording an album at the time and I challenged all the musicians. Let's do this together. Let's, let's <laughs> do raw vegan. And they and they did it. We all they did, did it. it really in the studio in Los Angeles and recording this album because I, I came down from I just moved but I came back down to do this record and for God, I don't know it was two or three months we all did it together. How many people was this? There's five plus me six seven of us. That's amazing! Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a great experience, and we were all sharing how we were feeling and uh and and it was great and then i i came back here and are back to to oregon and uh yeah i did it for a while longer and then i started cooking cooking again do you remember that decision to start cooking again like what motivated that oh i think it was just it was just time i was getting pretty airy pretty pretty yeah uh, yeah I, i get thin pretty fast. I lose, I, I can lose weight pretty fast. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. 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 So cooked food back in. And, um, just in terms of creativity and consciousness in general, do you find that that gives you that being vegan and eating clean gives you an edge in those realms? I'm sorry, as far as what goes, uh, you know, creativity and just having a clear mind. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is just how I feel naturally now. So uh, I don't really, I can't even compare it anymore. Good point. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know what it feels like. Right. Not feel good. Right. Right. So just, naturally, this is how my how I feel, and and yeah, I feel I feel clear, and and uh, sometimes I'll get a little ungrounded if I don't uh, if I if I'm not eating enough. You know, I I like to fast. <laughs> So, really? <laughs> yeah, and I do a lot of intermittent fasting where I'll eat, you know, one meal a day, have one hour window and then fast for 23 hours. And I'll do that for a couple of weeks, but then I'll, I'll start feeling, I feel amazing, but I, you know, I got to eat more. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I like to play around with that. Yeah. What do you like about fasting or intermittent fasting? I just think it feels, it feels, it feels it to me. It, I don't know if it, it activates the light body and it feels really spiritual to me. And I just feel like a deeper connection with spirit and when I'm meditating and it just, it just feels so good. And also by five o'clock when that one meal comes around, you just, you're so looking forward to it. It tastes even better. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So I, I enjoy that a lot, but I, but I, but it just, yeah, I feel really clear. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so how has being vegan affected how you see other humans? How I see other humans. Um wow, it's probably made me more compassionate, more loving. 
you know, and I'm trying trying to be more empathetic, you know, try, try to try and trying to understand maybe where they're at and where they're, where they're coming from. And, and, uh, that, that maybe they just haven't awakened to certain things yet. So it, I, I do feel more compassionate. Yeah. People very quickly, you know? Yeah. It, it's so interesting because I've, I mean, the longer I live, the more I kind of feel like people just do what they do. And I don't even particularly know like why I had it in me to ask the right questions and end up on this vegan path. I'm, I'm immensely grateful and it's, you know, by far been the best decision of my life. But I, I also don't feel like I can take full credit for, for getting there. I almost don't know how it happened. Um, so that, that gives me a little more forgiveness maybe, or compassion for other people. Cause they're just, they're just doing what kind of makes sense to them at the time, even though in the grand scheme, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, all right. Well, I've got just a couple more questions for you, but, um, it's been really fascinating conversation. Um, I've heard you, <laughs> I've heard you refer to yourself as an eternal being of light. <laughs> Can you talk a little, little about that phrase and what it means to you? Oh, I guess that would be something that feels deeply spiritual to me. Um, I, I think I, I think I, I got that download when I did uh, an ayahuasca journey. A few years oh, ago. interesting. And I've done a few of those in the jungles and down in Costa Rica and other places. And, and I just felt this sense of uh one with the universe and uh you know just that i uh that we're all just you know beings of light you know um <laughs> from source and having a human experience at the moment so yeah it just feels like a very spiritual i guess term for me uh-huh uh-huh do you yeah. believe in reincarnation Sure. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My spiritual journey has become very deep in the last, uh, you know, six or seven years, mm -hmm. you know, and that ties into the veganism. Like I said, I, I said, I, I, I knew to, I just knew, I think to, to, to go deeper into the spiritual journey, I had to, to be clean of, of that heavy density, you know? Right. Stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, to me, it, again, the longer I live and the longer I'm on this vegan path, which is my life path, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting off that path, but the more I just see how many layers there are, because, you know, going vegan was to that point in time, the most profound change that I'd ever made in my life and just my whole life paradigm. And then since then, I've come to realize like, oh, that's not being vegan is more a symptom of deeper underlying disconnection. And so let's, I can even look underneath the veganism and, and ask, okay, not only is our food system, you know, sociopathic and cruel and, and violent, but what even caused that food system to come into come into existence you know they the food system is a result of certain mindsets and attitudes 
Um, and so, yeah, so there, there's always more to explore, which is what keeps the journey interesting. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you've figured some things out or you're still asking some big questions? Like where, where are you in, in your life, you know, life evolution? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm always, I'm always asking those questions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I still, I still don't know, uh, exactly, you know, where, where, I'm, where my path is going to lead. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm trying really, I'm, I'm just, well, yeah, I'm trying to just let go and, uh, just, just go on the journey, um, and be patient, you know, I don't know what's next. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to be a professional musician, you know, again. And, and, uh, I don't know, just, uh, see where that, see what, see where life takes me. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, sounds like things are unfolding and coming together in that regard. So, um, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be in your audience <laughs> anytime you play. Thank you. Um, all right. Um, just the second to last question. What are you proudest of as a vegan? What am I proudest of? Most yeah. Proudest? Yeah. Any particularly just, you know, fulfilling or, you know, experiences or, or just things that you feel really good about as a vegan. Hmm. Um, well, I definitely feel more connected to source. I feel more connected to mother earth. I feel like I'm uh, not a part of that system and that problem anymore. And I'm not uh, contributing to, to any suffering. So I feel proud about that. I feel good about that. I feel, you know, like uh, it's, it, it's something, you know, we all need to do to, to be deeply spiritual. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Um, yeah. So I feel, I feel very good about, about. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, even as I asked the question, it, it, it occurs to me that, you know, I, I, myself, I don't feel like proud of being a vegan because I feel like it's a pretty basic moral baseline, like not to, not to hurt and torture other living beings if if it's not absolutely necessary for survival so um even as i ask the question yeah your answer makes a lot of sense because yeah i'm i'm glad not to be participating in that horrible system proud of it like no you know like it doesn't seem to warrant being proud of i'm i'm more grateful and i feel lucky to not be part of that ugliness anymore that is exactly right i'm very grateful yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, final question, Rich, which you've heard before, but is there a particular word for you that sums up what being vegan is all about? Uh, vegan is, it's all about love. Yeah. Love kindness, you know, um, and gratitude. Yeah, I yeah. Guess it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Yep. That that about sums it up. I'm with you, with you hundred percent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rich. It's been an amazing conversation. Appreciate yep. all the 
cool music stories, you know, vegans, vegans are, are cool and have real lives too. So, um, we close every episode by taking 30 seconds of silence for all of the suffering animals, human and non-human who desire, as we all do safety, happiness, and the freedom to live out their lives without interference. So Rich, I invite you to join me in 30 seconds of silence for the animals, and we'll conclude with the sound of the bell. Thank you, Rich. And thank you, Posse. See you next time. Until then, stay strong and stay true. Namaste.